Hey, I'm Monique. And I'm Sierra. And you're listening to Hoochin' and Hollerin', a podcast where we do our favorite things, talk and drink. Yay! Uh, this week we're diving into Season 1, Episode 7 of Bridgerton. Uh, we do need to let you guys know that there are spoilers, so if you haven't watched this episode yet, don't sit here and listen to us talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also going to be some light swearing, yep. because I cuss, and Sierra doesn't. Only in uh, song. Only- <laughs> <laughs> So, if you don't like swearing, sorry, but it's going to happen. Yep. In this episode, we reach an impasse as our characters fail to communicate. Colin is devastated after finding out his ex-fiance, Marina, is with child. The Featheringtons suffer the consequences of scandal, while the Bridgerton clan rally to console Colin and save the family's reputation. Our newlyweds travel back to London to wait for the results of Daphne's chondrical efforts. (laughs) (laughs) While pretending to be in marital bliss. The next night, Antony spots Sienna with a new man. Benedict reveals a new flame. <laughs> and our Duchess gets her period. <laughs> I don't know. That. <laughs> no, it's fine. I was like, can I say, should I say courses? But Well, I think we talk about that a little bit yeah. in the recap. Yep. How it's different. Uh, so that's our quick recap. So mm-hmm. now let's talk hooch. Okay, so each episode we're going to be sipping on a specialty cocktail that goes with the theme of whatever we're watching or reading at the time. Today we're drinking a cocktail called the Suffering Bastard. Wow. <laughs> How? I'm so glad Kidding. I found this. Yeah. <laughs> this cocktail um, originally was created in 1952 at the Shepherd's Hotel in Cairo. Um, so a little bit outside of our... Bridgerton country and time period, but um, it definitely goes with the theme of this episode. Mm -hmm. So the Suffering Bastard consists one ounce of urban, urban, Hmm. one Mm. ounce of bourbon, (laughs) one ounce of London dry gin, half an ounce of lime juice, two dashes of bitters, and some ginger beer and a sprig of mint to top it off. Um, We read, however, that the original recipe may have used brandy instead of bourbon so you can give either a try yeah we like bourbon we like brandy a lot of times those two are interchangeable in cocktails anyway that's very true yeah like if you think of like uh old-fashioned old fashion. yeah um so a bartender by the name of joe created this concoction as a way to aid world war ii troops in fighting hangovers um that's where it originates so why he created it it was apparently so popular that the troops requested that cases of it be delivered <laughs> to the front lines so, All right, so we have some drunk... Uh, priorities. Yeah. Hmm. So we chose this drink because the name suits the episode's overall tone. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this episode is going through it. So it's a fitting drink. Okay, so this we like the drink. It's Despite not, it having gin. Yeah. It has gin. We are back on gin. <laughs> How many times did we say we're not drinking gin again? We're back on gin. But... You can barely taste the gin in this. Yeah. It's so, it kind of tastes Moscow muley because yes. of the ginger be- ginger beer. Yes. But I'm also getting like. I'm kind of getting mojito. Yeah. Mine because of the mint. Mint, yeah. And lime? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Mojito has bitters? Mm-mm. Okay. No. Hmm. It's good. I love I'm it. I'm going to be drinking it today. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And I bought so much bourbon. So we have <laughs> more than enough. I, um buy the liquor online and just pick it up so when i ordered it i guess i didn't 
what, what I didn't is leaders? realize. Yeah, really like, what's what a leader? leader yeah. You know? So I picked up 1.75 liters. Not like, yeah, understanding. Should be sufficient. Yep. Not understanding that it was going to be a huge thing of bullet bourbon. But, yeah. Oh well. So <laughs> this, um, we really like this cocktail. Mm-hmm. So if you want to try it, it's going to be on our Instagram page. Um, so we have our drinks and we're all good there. So let's dive in. Yes. So we open the episode with an aggressive and frankly noisy scene. <laughs> the scene is out of pocket. I like the scene. It was a yeah. good scene. Uh, Daphne and Simon are still fuming at each other and they're in competition with who can be the pettiest. Yes. That's uh, why I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Daphne is like rapidly getting her Mozart on and Simon <laughs> is outside shooting pigeons. So like after hearing the first shot, Daphne goes and opens the window yeah. and plays the piano forte even louder. Um, and so, Simon's like pissed about I it. I know. Simon's mad. She's pissed. And then you see in the background, Jeffries <laughs> is like aiding Simon and Rose is like watching Daphne. So they're like, oh no, it's trouble in paradise for sure. <laughs> um, and they're looking super uncomfortable. Later at dinner, the couple is still fighting. Um, this is going to be a long episode if they keep this up. Yeah. Daphne asks the servants if her belongings were moved to the Duchess's chambers. Because um, as we know from last episode, it's pretty common for the lady and lord of a house to sleep separately. So she asks if her stuff has been moved. And Simon's like, no, we're going to be sleeping together. He's, I don't, he's like, you're my wife. Yeah. I don't care what you're, whatever you're talking about. And, you know, I think... Yeah, it's cute because it shows, you know, Simon's still trying to make it work, even though he, she raped him. I know. Like, he is still trying to make this work, <laughs> despite the sexual assault so that happened last episode. this whole feud could have ended right here. Yep. Right? Yeah, yes. They could have, like, patched no, things up. Daphne decided to remain angry. See, she messed up. It was an open window where he was ready to forgive. Yeah, Daphne. <laughs> it's Daphne's fault. Um, Daph- I don't know. She's just so mad, and she brought it on herself. Yeah. She, uh, whatever. I so, mean, yes, Simon did lie. He did lie, yes. But in the same breath, does it ch- does him not being able to have children and n- refusing to have children change the fact that they're not going to have children? Right. No, it doesn't. <laughs> does her sexually assaulting him change the relationship? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so who's who's at fault here? Oh. I might be biased because he's so fine. <laughs> Blame it on a white woman. <laughs> listen, listen. It's our fault. <laughs> Bringing down our black king. He said, Man, he didn't want to marry them again. Trapped him. <laughs> so Simon's basically like, You're sleeping with me. One, mm-hmm. we're married. And two, I want to make sure, he says, I want to make sure your conjugal efforts uh, were not in vain oh or something like that. Um, so he's going to be keeping an eye on her, yeah, essentially. For sure. So Daphne expresses her need to go back to London to support her brother Colin after Lady Whistledown exposes Marina and and Simon tells her that, no, you're trying to sleep in separate bedrooms, and now you want to be in separate houses? Separate cities? Uh, no. He's like, I'm coming with. Yeah. He's like, I'll be there. He's like, We're, what are we doing? Oh, okay, cool. Um, but Daphne is still being so petty, so she asks for their largest carriage. She's As like, she I'll need my room. I'll need my space. <laughs> like, girl, all right. 
So back in the Bridgerton drawing room, the family comes together to figure out what they need to do to protect Colin. Daphne slams, so Daphne and Simon arrive, and she's like slams the carriage door in Simon's face, and then she runs to help her family. This really shows how close the Bridgertons are. Like she came the moment they sent the letter, she came right away. Um, they are ready to have each other's back at any given moment. Mm -hmm. um, in order to get through this scandal, it will help to have the favor of the Duke and, the Duke and Duchess. Um, it'll also help the family if Simon and Daphne attend, you know, some some of these societal events. Right. Um, in order to redirect Whistledown's, you know, what she's writing about. So it's a it's, smart plan. Yeah, yeah. Because you know everybody, that's everybody's favorite couple. So when they're they back, were sad when she left, when mm -hmm. they left, so. So uh, Mama Bridgerton reassures the family that everything is going to be fine. And then, you know, she's just acting like nothing is going on. And then Colin, like, snaps. Because everybody's treating him like this child. Yeah, they're, like, managing him. He's like, I am 20. I <laughs> like, he's like, I'm 22 years old. I can make my own decision. That's what? what? He's I'm a grown man. So, okay, wow. So in the other room, Daphne tries to have this heart-to-heart um, with her closest sibling in the book they have several moments together mm -hmm. where they have to solve each other's problems they're very close yeah they're super close colin really um so colin expresses that he really loves marina like he mm. really loves marina for real and he cannot believe that this is true he wants to talk to her in person um just to get this all cleared up um and daphne understands why you know because she just went through this whole thing right. with wanting somebody so bad. Um, she then brings up this old... So she said her quote in it was like, Leander and Leander still died. Like, Oh, yeah, he drowned. And I'm like, who the heck? Who, she, who is Leander? So here I go, Google. She had to do some research. I was like, I got to do some research. Um, so, so Leander, she said, Leander still lost his way and drowned. That was like the quote she said. Right. Uh, we didn't know what Which that meant. Which prompted your hours long Google yeah. searches. I'm like, what? Who is Leander? <laughs> they bringing up stuff no one even knows about. I mean, maybe people have, like, maybe people read this in, like, high school. Like, because it maybe. is Greek. It's a Greek myth called Hero and Leander. Mm -hmm. So the story involves Hero, a priestess of Aphrodite, who lived in a tower. And Leander was a young man who lived across the strait. Okay, then guess what? I didn't know what a strait was. I'm like, what does that mean? Is that a river? <laughs> a river. What's a strait? It's no, like a river, but kinda. it's more to it. A strait. Straits are not navigable. Oh, so it leads to larger water. Funny story about the word navig navigable. This you is why it takes me an hour. I, I knew you can see the word. Yeah, you know what the, the root, word is. The root of the word. I didn't know how to say it. I'm like, uh, nav so I'm like listening on Google, saying it over and over so I, doesn't, I don't mess it up for the pocket. I'm like, navigable, navigable. What a life you lead. <laughs> this is just like a rabbit hole. What Beyonce <laughs> say, say, I don't know much, period. <laughs> so, okay, okay, okay. So straights are non-navigable. And oh so God. Leander... Um, well, they're non-navigable because they um, connect two larger bodies of water. Mm -hmm. um, so Leander and Hero fell in love, and Leander would swim to Hero every night. And I wonder if her name is really Hero, because 
Is it like that's cute? Hero, maybe it's probably Hero. Hero, okay. Yeah. Um, so he would swim to her every single night, and Hero would leave. She says she leaves lives in the tower. She would leave the light on. One night, Leander drowned after Hero's light was blown out. And once Hero saw the body, she jumped in to be with him and died. What? That was the poem. Yeah. So basically, I guess. Daphne, well. What is Daphne? What is Daphne getting at? They both gotta die. Yeah. Or she said, "Chill before y'all both die." Yes. People go great lengths to I'm be in love. Reading, I'm gonna and, start reading the classics, the Greek classics. Well, shoot, I gotta read the. Cliff Notes version. <laughs> am I really going to understand what they're talking about? It sounds complex. Um, so this long story is just to say that sometimes you go way out of your way for love and it still ends tragically. Um, Daphne is telling Colin not to go in the water. <laughs> At this moment, Colin looks at his sister and was like, what is wrong with you? He's like, something's up. <laughs> something's up with you. Why are you saying this? <laughs> so we cut to another, ooh, another hot yes. boxing scene between Will and Simon. Uh Will's fed up because he has a fight to prepare for, and he's Simon like, I got work to do. Right, he's like, I have to take care of my family, mm-hmm. and Simon's just like, Oh my god, me and my wife are fighting. Oh. <laughs> Simon is such a bad friend. <laughs> so Simon's just there to vent about his marriage, and Will assures Simon that marriage, you know, follows no reason or sense. Love follows no reason, no sense. Right. So, well, good. I mean, that's all the that's all the um, <laughs> advice Will could muster up at that moment. He's like, Look. I'm in the middle of practicing for this fight. <laughs> you up here talking about your wife. <laughs> so, okay, so in the London Hastings residence, Daphne is like tossing and turning in her bed when she hears Simon walk up the stairs. Um, she peeps out the door and Simon <laughs> immediately sees her. Um, she wasn't being slick at all. <laughs> no, she's like standing in the crack of the door. Like, girl... <laughs> Uh, Daphne comes out and says, um, you know, she asks Simon, like, hey, will you go go with me to the Queen's luncheon? And he says yes. Then um, she asks him, like, where have you been all night? And I'm like, oh, are we accusing Simon of cheating already? Y'all been married for two weeks already? Yeah. Then she goes even further to say, I know your reputation, your grace. I'm like, okay. She's being real petty. Yeah. You didn't have to say that. Real below the belt. Can you see who we're siding with? I'm I know. I'm like, man, we really, we were calling Simon pull out king and all this stuff. And then we turn around and say like, Listen, you know what? You know what? At least, at least he didn't sexually assault somebody. Right. Exactly. So this, this scene heats up when they kiss because they literally can't be by each other without being intimate. Like they, yeah. And that's what makes this fight so stupid. I feel like y'all love each other. Y'all love it's each clear. other. Yeah. Just stop. But whatever. So they kiss and <laughs> they um, partake in some, <laughs> some cunnilingus. <laughs> okay. The Duke pleasures Daphne. Yeah. Orally. Yep. And you know what? I'm, I'm happy for I'm happy like, for her. Girl. Get it. I love it. Um, so Daphne offers to move this to the bedroom, and Simon is like, no. Dang. He's like, absolutely not. He's like, you, we can't have sex anymore. You're right, he's tricked me Because you're a trickster. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He says then that if there is a child, he'll stay in the mm-hmm. marriage and do the right thing by, you know, the child and Daphne. But if there's not a child, they'll remain married in name only. He's Aww. essentially saying their marriage is over. Yeah. Because, you know, if there's a kid, he'll only stay for the kid, but they'll have no relationship. And if there's not a kid, he's not going to risk her getting pregnant again. So from this moment, I thought, I'm like, it's no way they gotta, they're going to make up. Because no. how... Yeah. There's no compromise yet. Yeah. There's no compromise in sight. Mm -mm. And it's so frustrating because they both so obviously love each other. Mm -hmm. This episode and the next episode were so frustrating. Yeah, I'm like, I hated these last two episodes. Yeah. Um, The next morning, Daphne keeps her promise to chaperone Colin's visit with Marina. This is really sad um, because they both look miserable. Poor Marina has been outed and she can no longer see a clear future for herself or her child. Um, Colin confronts her about the news and she tells him the truth. Um, The whole time Daphne is like sitting in this chair fake reading this book. Like every time they look at her, she would act like she's reading again. She is just very intent on their conversation. Yeah, being real nosy. (laughs) Um, Marina... You know, she's like, oh, I'm trying to do what's best for me and the baby. And she tries to flatter Colin by, like, calling him kind and the perfect gentleman. And he's like, look. He's like, I was going to marry you. And then it's like, Marina didn't love. She was very fond of Colin. She said, I, I hold you in high regard. He's what, like, what is that? He said, excuse me? <laughs> so, to make matters worse, he says, if she was, like, truthful with him. This was tough. He would have married her. This is that was tough to hear. He would have married her with that baby. And Marina was like, "Oh shit." Yeah. And you know, once he said that, I was like, "Of course he would have." Yeah. He's so from for or because of the reasons she said. Yeah. Gentlemanly, like how kind he right. is. He was so sweet to her. He would have married her if she'd just been honest. Mm-hmm. That is so sad. She messed up her life. <laughs> yep. Um, so now we're at the Queen's luncheon and things get messy real quick. Yep. Like they're there for like 13 minutes, maybe Like <laughs> it's like they say hi to one person and it gets real messy. So, you know, the Duke and Duchess walk in with the rest of the Bridgerton clan. Everyone's sort of flocking around them because, you know, they're into the Duke and Duchess mm-hmm. and the Queen comes and breaks up the crowd to welcome the Duke and Duchess herself. Um, and also to let them know that she expects an heir within the year. Man. They've been married two weeks. Like, people are already all up in Daphne's uterus. Gee, that is messed up. So, Simon assures her that they are, quote, devoting their energies to the endeavor. Um, this pleases the queen because we know she doesn't like to lose. Right. So, she's expecting a baby. Yep. This is just, this is still true. I feel like when we get... When I got married, people were like, oh, when are you going to have a baby Maybe now? Baby. Yeah. I'm like, what? My family didn't do too much of that. I feel like it wasn't so much my family as it was like random people, like coworkers. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I've been married yeah. a year. Yep. People, yeah, I feel like that too. People are real nosy. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so our boy Benny runs into, um, you know, artist Henry, <laughs> who tries to introduce him to his public friend, private lover, Weatherby, which I hate that name. So I feel like in I don't every... think they said his first name ever. Yeah. I think he's just Weatherby. Weatherby. Um, isn't that what, so... isn't that what, um, that is, no, 
that is what um who's the mayor of um the Wizarding World? What's dude name? It was in um book four or five. Crouch, Barty Crouch. Barty Crouch calls, calls Percy, Percy Weasley Weatherby. <laughs> I knew that. Like I knew it. Another oh Harry Potter God, reference. Uh. <laughs> like they're really refer- trying to reference no, Harry Potter. We'll find it though. If there's even a yep. slight connection to Harry Potter, we'll find it. I like looked you in the eyes. Like <laughs> I know. Um, Benedict does not want to meet this man, uh-uh. <laughs> so he like gets away fast. He said, "Your lover? No, <laughs> I want no parts of this." So, in the same instant, Eloise grabs um, a private audience with the queen, who is growing very tired of her lack of answers when it comes to the identity of Lady Whistledown. Eloise is starting to get nervous that she is going to anger the queen. Next, Lady Danbury runs into Simon and Daphne, where she invites Daphne to a ladies' night. Ooh, I'm so excited for her. Uh, this event is reserved for only the most respected married ladies of the time, mm-hmm. and Daphne is now the newest member of that group. So exciting for her! Good for her. Just then, uh, we cut to see the Featheringtons entering the party. Really awkward. It was so awkward. Really, and they just real, always really got to wear all this stuff. It just oh, they're so bright all the time. So many jewels. Why too. are you in such a green dress? <laughs> <laughs> so everyone stops to stare, and Violet is pissed. Yeah. Like, she literally acts like she can't hear or see Lady Featherington when she comes to talk to her. Violet like, that's is so how shady. Mad she is. Violet's she, actually real she shady. She must be a Virgo. She gotta be. We gotta find this out. <laughs> I have to find this out. Um, I'm glad that Violet is being an asshole mm-hmm. to Lady Featherington because Lady Featherington then tries to throw our girl Marina under the bus saying, quote, is this not a dreadful circumstance for us both to have been so duped by that scheming hussy? Mm-mm. To think that Miss Thompson would take advantage of my kindness after I opened my home to her. What a bitch. Mm-hmm. You knew the whole time she was pregnant. Yep. You tried to trick Violet's son. That was your intention. That was your yep. plan. And wow. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that Violet was a bitch to her. <laughs> so we cut to Daphne doing what she does best. Oh running God. away during a party unattended into a garden. Why is that her go-to? She loves to run away into a garden she by herself. Where is your chaperone? Like, Instead of a man finding her this time, her mom does. Violet can tell something is wrong with her daughter and offers <laughs> to be her confidant. Daphne's pissed at Simon and she's pissed at her mom and she's pissed at herself. She's very, very angry. Yep. She doesn't want any help from her mom after her mom essentially sent her out into the real world unprepared. Daphne says, quote, do you know what might have truly helped matters? Oh, she was so mad in the scene. (laughs) (laughs) If your motherly advice had actually prepared me to wed. And later on, she says, quote, you sent me out into the world no better than a fool. You taught me how to play pretend, but nothing of the realities of married life, of marital relations. And that's pretty on par. Like, Violet's a very much like, keep it. Like, looking good Mm -hmm. on the outside. Let's not talk about or do anything messy. So, Daphne read her mom, and she read her good. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I don't know. that She didn't tell her to... She didn't tell them... She didn't tell her to sexually assault nobody. That's true. (laughs) That's true. She's like, maybe if you would have told me what seed was... I wouldn't have had to rape my husband? Yeah. That's that's what you think? (laughs) Okay. Daphne. (laughs) In this moment, viewers realize that it's not just Simon who has broken Daphne's trust. Her mom has as well. 
Um, the two people she felt she could rely on no matter what have made her look like a fool. Before Daphne and Mama B can really get into it, Lady Danbury turns up, leading Daphne to storm off and Violet to act like nothing's wrong. Just She loves to ignore uncomfortable things. Deny. So back at Fe- the Featherington house, Lady Featherington is berating Lord Featherington for putting them in this terrible situation. She keeps on calling it his habit. Um, before she can go in too hard, though, Daphne calls on the home. She's not there to see Lady Featherington, though, uh-huh. who assumes she is there to she apologize. Like, oh, well, thank goodness you guys are going to apologize because yeah. that was rude. She was like, your mom seemed a little heated. at the." I'm like, of course she was. So Daphne's like, well, whatever. I'm here to see Marina. Like, mm-hmm. get out my face. So Daphne is all on her... All men are trash. You know, she's doing that whole thing. <laughs> so she makes a hefty promise to Marina. She's going to try to find Sir George and make him take responsibility for all of her mess. Good. You know? um, Daphne explains her commitment by saying, why should you be left all alone to bear the punishment for his crime? Dead ass. Mm. Listen, okay. Daphne has points. She can really mess up sometimes, but she also, she also has. Daphne needs to go into the business of finding people baby daddies and making them pay up. Because you know what? <laughs> it worked pretty... Okay. So, that night, Lord Featherington goes to bother Will. I, why is this man... I, Will is only... He just be trying to box... Will and, is trying to box and, and take provide care, for his fam- take family. Take care of his family. Yep. And all these people, these rich people keep bothering him. Mm-hmm. So, Lord... Featherington obviously has to figure out how he's going to get out of this ma- out of his math- massive debts and make things right with his family. Mm-hmm. So his answer to that is to commit fraud. <laughs> That's he's like I'm gonna get out of this mess by committing fraud. You know who he reminds me of? Who? Did you ever see Uncut Gems? Mm-mm. He's like Adam Sandler's character from Uncut Gems. Oh, good. And you know what happens to Adam Sandler? I know. I read Uncut it on Twitter. I, I read it on Twitter. He gets murdered, and I was happy. <laughs> I hate this man. So, Lord Featherington tries to convince Will to throw his upcoming match in order for them to both win big. Because mm-hmm. um, essentially, Lord Featherington will put a big amount so, of money on the other yeah. guy. So, I don't like that. I don't like that he's trying to bring Will, will into his yeah. schemes. Like, Why don't y'all talk to the other dude? Alone. Yeah. So, Will he. <sighs> It just isn't fair because, well, like we said, just bothers no one. Mm-hmm. And now he's up in here, you know, being given these weird situations to think about when he yeah. really should just be focusing on his family. Mm-hmm. Um, but that money would be nice. Yes, it would. <laughs> uh, Will is obviously too honorable of a man to consider this. And he almost bet, like beats Lord Featherington up for even trying to ask him about this whole situation. Um, that night... Daphne decides to attend Lady Danbury's Lady Night, yeah. you know, um, in hopes she'll run into the general's wife so she could talk to her about finding Sir George. Um, the next few scenes cut between Lady Danbury's event and the men's club. So it's like oh, yeah. both. This is, a, this is like a real intense little bit of time. Yeah. They're both at the club. So <laughs> basically, ladies, leave your man out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Lady Danbury's house is lit. Yes. So I'm Daphne, like, I want to be there. Right. Daphne doesn't know what to expect when she gets there, but it's definitely not this. Mm-hmm. So she walks into a ballroom that's full of casino tables that 
are just like jam packed with all these ladies who are gambling and drinking and they're just living yeah. life. They're loud. Like they're just like uninhibited. Yep. It's great. Um, not also not a man in sight. Nope. It's demon time, they ladies. Can be, they can like say what they want. They I don't have it. to worry about. It seems like this event. You don't have to worry about being polite or yes. anything. I love this because Kitty is drinking straight out the bottle. Yep. She's like, I'm letting loose. Also, you see, these are never reported by Lady Whistledown. Another clue. <laughs> so Daphne takes a seat at Lady Danbury's table, where she's greeted by recently window- widowed Lady Trowbridge. Yeah, so she almost she... that's the woman of the owner of the house that Daphne almost. <laughs> yep. She's you like, know. ooh, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. She, oh. She's. So, I remember your party. And the um. Lady Trowbridge's Duke? What is he? Her son? Her son. Her son. Her baby infant son is now the is Duke. Is the Duke. Yes. Yeah. So she doesn't have anyone to answer to. That's so funny. Um, we also have Lucy Granville, who's Henry the artist's wife. Mm-hmm. And Kitty Langham. Langham. Langham? Langham. Yes. Mm-hmm. Langham. Who is the general's wife. So it's a very fun table. Yeah. Over at the club... Simon and Anthony are enjoying some drinks. Anthony is going through it. So he he decides to drink a beer. (laughs) So from the scene, you can kind of tell that beer isn't something they, you know, normally drink. Right. So that's like us saying, oh, I need like a drink. Like, you know, you have stress for that. You need a drink, not a beer. Because we drink beer like. Like, like that's just water. (laughs) (laughs) We drink beer like casually. But if you're going through it, you're like, I need a stiff drink. Right. Um, back at Lady D's, the women are getting rambunctious. As hell. (laughs) They're drinking, talking about spending money. It is great. Daphne pulls Kitty Langham into conversation. I'm like, Langham? It's a weird looking name. Um, she pulls her into conversation asking her about her husband. Kitty's like, I don't know that man. (laughs) She basically tells Daphne that she, if she, if Daphne wants a favor from her husband, mm-hmm. she'd like be better off asking her himself, him herself. Yeah. Um, cause like Kitty barely sees the general. They don't ever talk. He like don't. He doesn't like respond to her letters. Yeah. So Kitty's like, you should ask him. Daphne finds this very sad, but Kitty says, "quote It is quite the ideal situation to live a separate life to one's husband." I'm afforded all the freedoms of marriage while bearing none of the burden of his company. <laughs> I can't. I can't say that I'm mad at her. And I think that at this, this time, yeah, at this time, yeah, of course, that's nice. Um, I think this is where Daphne gets the idea to like be fine with Simon. You know, she started to be more okay about their little situation because she's just like that. That could be true. I think. Because of what Kitty said. She was like, right. I can still live a really good life. Yes. That's why I'm like, why are you so... And I mentioned that later. Yeah. I just don't know what... I can't remember what part. So, we're back at the club where Simon has gotten... T- he is tired of Anthony. He didn't want to be bothered tonight. He's yeah. going through it. He already don't have friends for a reason. Like, right. now he got a... Now him and Simon brothers. Like, Ugh. they <laughs> they got to talk now. They brothers. Because we have to talk. <laughs> this is something we have to do. <laughs> He's basically like, okay, Anthony, what do you want? Yeah. And Anthony finally gets around to like saying, you know, what he really wants to talk about. He can tell that Simon has upset 
Daphne. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, what did you already do to my sister? He's like, it's been two weeks. How did you fuck up already? Yeah. So they start arguing, and this argument gets real deep. Yeah. Like, it's like one of those, I've known you for too long type of fight fights. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that resentful, like, like I'm Oh, be you had this on your me. mind the yes. whole time. It's one yeah. of them. Yeah. So they're taking these slide jabs at each other, and they're just getting real nasty. And it's like a very, like, heated, whispered argument, because yeah. they're at the club. So they're both talking shit about their ability to like be men and take care of their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And we all know how fragile men can be. Yeah. So naturally they switch from throwing words to throwing bows. Yeah. <laughs> it happens so quickly. I'm like, whoa, 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 because I, I only seen this episode. Sierra, love a fight. Two, I know. <laughs> I only seen this episode two times. So I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about the fight scene. How could I forget? I love when men fight. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this fight scene happens so quickly and it's so intense. We have to acknowledge that Simon continuously gets his butt beat by Anthony. Literally, in the show and the book. Literally all the time. I'm like, what? The, the, you the one practicing with Will. In the book, I feel like it's even worse. Mm-hmm. He, like, he can't fight at all. <laughs> He's a punching bag in the book. Basically. So later that night, Daphne comes home drunk and she finds Simon like trying to nurse his ro- his wounds from the fight. She like, oh yeah, like I you could tell when she like scheming because I'm like, what? she's such a schemer. <laughs> this scene makes us laugh because he is so he obviously left his door open for a reason because why didn't he shut it? Right, you know. Um, and you are not fooling us. He wanted some attention. Yeah. He's like, maybe my wife will come home. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> So Daphne begins to tend to him, and of course, they can't keep their hands off each other mm-hmm. because they're in love. So before things can get too hot and heavy, though, Simon moves away from her and starts to explain the vow he made to his father about never having children. Oh, okay. Ugh. Daphne's like, so your vow to this dead man <laughs> is more important than your vow to me? She's like, she honestly can't understand it. So I can't understand. She's, she's making a very valid point. Once again, Daphne's making very valid points in this episode. Yes. So Daphne says, if your hatred for your father outweighs any affection that you might bear towards me, then you are right. It cannot be undone. She tells him that in a few days time, they will know whether they have to stay married for the kid or divorce. <sighs> Heavy. Yeah. So Daphne has decided that if she's not pregnant, she's going to stay married to him. Um, well, she doesn't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> she She's going to have to stay married regardless. Um, a very bold decision for a woman in 1813, but a good one. I think, I like I said earlier, I believe she made this decision based off of that ladies' night. I don't think at this time women could leave their husbands, could no. they? I think... Okay, so in America, or not America yet, yeah. It's America. is America. Yeah. So, back to Hamilton, mm. because I read about <laughs> Theodosia, of course. Oh, Theodosia. <laughs> I, okay, so, so you know Theodosia was married to... Um, A British general. The British general. Yes. Okay, so we know that. <laughs> so, But then she married... Um, Burr. Right. She left so her I'm husband? Like, so that was fine, yeah. Okay. They got a divorce. 
And also, somebody else got a divorce. But did she initiate it? Like, could a woman? I don't know if she initiated. I don't think because I don't think women could get divorced until like the 1950s, 1960s. I dead ass don't think they could file for divorce. And I think up until very recently, if a woman divorced her husband, Mm -hmm. the husband got everything, all the kids, everything. That's why I listen. It will be easier for her to just stay married. Yeah, is my point. So the next several minutes jump between all of our characters. Yeah. So we see Lady Danbury living her single life wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Lady Danbury. She was like, you know what? I'm gonna have breakfast. Yeah. You know, she's. It's like the next the morning after Ladies' Night. She's having breakfast, getting food. She has not a care her. in the world. She got her. I think she had her paper. Did she yep. have like her paper? Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm about to read. She has not a care in the world. You know why? Because she has no man and no kids. Yep. Um, we also see Daphne writing to the general about Sir George. We see Will taking over, or thinking over, committing fraud. Mm-hmm. Now he's starting to think, like, okay, well, I could get some money for my family. Yeah. Um, Marina, still stressing out about this baby. <laughs> <laughs> She's been stressing about Listen, this baby for ever, seven episodes. Ever. The queen, you know, is pissed because Lady Whistledown didn't mention her luncheon. And Simon and Daphne are still working really hard to ignore each other's existence. Yeah. Um, besides Lady Danbury, all of our characters are truly going through it. Mm-hmm. Hence our drink today. Which is almost gone. Suffering bastards. <laughs> I'm trying to make it last, but I can get us, I can get through the, um, probably scene by scene, but it's gonna be gone before <laughs> the rest. <laughs> In the next scene, Marina and Daphne meet up again. Uh, Daphne assures Marina that you know, she's written to the general and hopes to hear back from him soon. But Marina's not convinced because, you know, why would the general bother writing back a woman? Yeah. She's like, you should have had Simon sign the letter. She's like, did the duke sign it? She's like, uh, she's well, like, I'm not the words of a duchess. To the duke right now, so I can't <laughs> Marina's like, okay, well, you basically just, like, wasted both of our time. Like, Marina's like, also kind of rude. Like, yeah, I like, get it. You're I'm angry, helping but you. I'm trying to help, yeah. So Marina's basically like, I've accepted my fate. She, and it didn't occur to me until now I've watched this three times and <laughs> we sat down to write this, but she literally is not even thinking about Colin. No, she could care less about Colin. She and didn't I, say his name again after, after that meeting. Yeah. yeah. And I think it just further illustrates, you know, how the marriage for her was just about convenience, mm-hmm. which makes it so much sadder for Colin because he really, really liked her. Yeah. So back at the Bridgerton house, Anthony and Colin are having a little heart to heart. They are both very heartbroken. Anthony because he cannot be with the woman he loves and Colin because the woman he loves lied to him. You can see in this scene that Colin is studying a map too. So if you remember like at the dinner table last episode, um, he talked about loving to travel and things like that. And also in a book. They mentioned his travels and wanting to travel more. Right. So now he's like, "Give me the fuck like, out of here." I'm about to get out of here. You could tell. So I'm like very excited for next season because I think that he might be gone. Like, yeah. Traveling or something. Right. So Mama B and Eloise are getting ready for tonight's outing. Um, this will be Eloise's first time like out. So that's super exciting. Yeah. So you get to see her decollete. What do they call that? Decolletage. Never heard of. It's your collarbone. Oh. Okay. And you don't you don't get to see her. 
Well, if you think about it, before she comes out, all of her dresses are covered going up to her neck. Yeah. So now that she's out, she gets to show some boob. Ooh, she can all push right, some boobs So that's lowering her hems, right? No. No, I think lowering her hems is to cover her ankles, feet as well. Feet. But they also, yes, bring her. I'm like, top oh, down. Well, so you can't see my ankles, but now you can see my chest. Very weird morality <laughs> issues in Bridgerton. So um, we found it interesting that Violet didn't wait until the beginning of next season to do this. Yeah. But you know what? Violet's feeling good. She's on a roll with her love matches. So she was like, you know what? Let's get a head start with this one. Because <laughs> it might take a little more time for Eloise it's, to warm up to yeah. the whole idea. I'll be interested to see who Eloise ends up with. I So I'm really debating on if I want to read the There's a book about books. it, right? It's a book about everyone, yeah. Yeah. And I need to know. It's like spicy because I think it's like a husky man. I remember reading a bag. Ooh, like, a husky Ooh. man. Or he's like a working man or something he does. That I was like, oh, she would be attracted to this kind oh, of guy. I mean, man. I wish they would have wrote her as like a... Rough hands. Yeah. So mm. I'm debating on if I want to read the books or wait until season two come out, read it closer to season two so I don't have to read it again when we oh, do the pod. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure yet. Hmm. Um, so yeah. the Bridgertons, the Duke, and Lady Danbury get to this concert. And it's nothing, it's nothing too out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. I mean, Benedict runs into his bestie, Henry. Um, and they have a very eye-opening conversation. Or yeah. it's, it's eye-opening for Benedict, at, at least, I think. Yeah, when Benedict questions his loyalty to um, his wife and his decision to sleep with we- Weatherby, Henry puts things into perspective for him. We find out a lot about... We find out a lot about his marriage to Lucy. Um, it's more for appearances. Mm-hmm. And he admits, quote, and our marriage affords my wife to her freedoms and protections. It is a happier union than most of the people in the room have, I assure you. Yeah, so we, basically he admits, like, you know, the marriage is just mm-hmm. for show. Mm-hmm. Like, we are just together for convenience again. So when Benedict further questions, you know, whether the lying him and Weatherby are doing is dishonorable, Henry again shuts him down again. And he says, quote, what would you know of either? Mm -hmm. We live under constant threat of danger. I risk my life every day for love. You have no idea what it is like to be in a room with someone you cannot live without and yet still feel as though you're oceans apart. Ooh, ring, ring, ring. Title of the episode. Yep. (laughs) Stealing your glances, disguising your touches, we cannot so much as smile at each other without first ensuring no one else is watching. It takes courage to live outside the traditional expectations of society. You talk of doing the same, but perhaps it is merely just that, all talk. Wow. That was deep, boy. Henry said, stay out of grown folks' business, Benny. Right. You don't know anything about talking life. Talking about I'm lying, talking about I'm dishonorable, boy. Exactly. So, across the party, Eloise tries to talk with the queen about her new theories, but our HBIC quickly shuts her down. She lets Elle in on her plans to employ some better detectives to hunt down Lady Whistledown. Um, Eloise is naturally devastated and quickly looks for a getaway from the party. Luckily, her best brother aids her (laughs) escape. 
Um, while this is all going down, Marina has decided to make some Plan B tea. <laughs> so she's just mixing some herbs up. It looks like it's like roses and petals and twigs. And I'm like, girl, ain't no. It's loose in the water. <laughs> you didn't put no poison in there. Where the poison at? Like, she's trying to like get rid of this baby six months into the pregnancy. Problem. Well, we're assuming she's six months into the pregnancy. She's um, showing, so she's like at least five. Yeah. So she probably heard about this from some lady's maid, but I don't know. She thinks this tea is going to get rid of that grown-ass baby in her belly. Yeah, not happening. Them loose twigs in water? Okay. <laughs> All right, girl. So we cut back to Eloise and Benedict, who have now fled the party. Mm-hmm. Um, but they make a quick stop on the way. Benny's like, oh, I, I gotta make a, a stop. And Eloise is like, okay, I guess. Benedict's like, it's time to live my life. <laughs> He's like, you know what? Henry's right. <laughs> they ride up to the Modiste, where who else but Madame Genevieve Delacroix jumps into the carriage. It's very awkward at first. Because, mm-hmm. like, we're... She's like, you're not my girl. Yeah, Yeah. you're not supposed to be seen with me. One, because we're like not in the same station. Mm -hmm. And two, your little sister's here. Awkward. He's like, don't worry about it. We just dropping her off at home. He said, Eloise, that's fine. She's cool. (laughs) Benny does not. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a fuck. Also, he's like following the footsteps of his um of Anthony. That's very true. Like y'all can't find a girl in society you like. Anthony does this because he knows he has Benedict to fall back on. They're going to have Benedict. to fall back on Colin. Colin will be like, I don't, I'm not going to get married. Like, My they heart's been broken. It's going to be down to they got away from Greg. Greg. <laughs> oh, that boy's 11. <laughs> so back at the concert, Anthony lays, you know, his eyes on his lady love in the audience, Sienna, uh, but she is not alone. She is attending a concert, not as the entertainment for once. For once. She has been seen. By the time she got a little Booked. break. Um, she is in the company of Gellert <laughs> Grindelwald. <laughs> this man looked just like Grind- like literally Johnny Depp yes. in Fantastic Beast. So if you've seen Fantastic Beast, you've seen Gellert Grindelwald, and you've also seen his hair. It's so swoopy it's and big. So big. And, and it's like that cute little salt and pepper, like that little yes. white or whatever. This man in Bridgerton is a blonde, though. Yeah. He reminds me of Johnny Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> so, um, so Anthony is, of course, you know, he's feeling some type of ways because, you know, seeing her moving on. God forbid. I know. And the next few minutes bounce between the concert and the Featherington house. So the Hastings are continuing their little back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, these two, like I said, can't help but be affectionate with each other when they're around each other. So they end up holding hands during the concert. Yeah. And it feels like, okay, maybe things are about to be things okay. Are gonna be all like maybe right. they're going to just like get together and just figure it out. As anyone could probably expect, the tea Marina drinks does absolutely nothing. It just <laughs> like knocks her out and makes her sick. Luckily, Penn finds her. Um, back at the concert, things go left quick for Daphne um, when she notices that something's not feeling right. Mm-hmm. So she rushes to a private area where she realizes her courses, aka yep. her period, has started. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very sad scene. Her, her mom eventually comes to find her, you know, 
finds her sobbing at her failure and the camera pans to Simon, who has tears in his eyes, I think. I was about to cry. I felt so... Because you guys are being so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, all you have to do is just get... All they both just to... care so much about each other, but they're so stubborn. Yeah. Because, like, why... He's crying, she's crying. Like, what? Get together. Uh, just get it together. So that was the end of that scene. And that's our recap for season one, episode six of Bridgerton. Um, it ended on a very sad note, but them's the breaks. Um, okay, so let's talk theme. Yeah. The theme of today's episode is reaching an impasse. Mm-hmm. So quite a few of our characters did not progress this episode, and a common reason has been because of their failure to communicate. Yep. So Marina and Colin did not get married because Marina was with child and lied about it. So the worst part of this was that Colin would have still married her had she been truthful. Um, He probably... That was tough. You know, he probably still would marry her, but it would ruin his family's reputation. So that's out. Yeah, I think he he still wanted to marry her. Yeah. Or maybe just to hear her explanation to make him sway that way, but she did not provide any... She was like, yep, I lied. You're you're a great guy. She didn't make it seem like she was very... Remorseful. Yeah, yeah, about what she did. Um, so this leaves Colin single and heartbroken, and Marina still unmarried with no prospects. So they are stuck. Um, Henry the artist is stuck with his, you know, within social mm-hmm. rules and societal norms. He is in love with another man that he can never be with mm. in public. He will be. Weatherby would be the guy he only loves in the darkness, as Sienna would say. Sienna, Sienna would say. Uh, Eloise is also at an impasse because, despite her efforts to unveil Lady Whistledown to the Queen, you know she's still left with only a suspect and no hard evidence, mm-hmm. and she can't move forward. Yep. Um, our newlyweds are also at an impasse. <laughs> They're completely stuck at this point. Yeah. Daphne cannot seem to forgive Simon, and he cannot bring himself to allow love and family into his life. Mm-hmm. So it really feels like this is it. Yeah. For our Duke and Duchess. What a crazy buildup for, like... The last episode? I, <laughs> it's like a crazy buildup to their love, and they, when as soon as we yeah. hit that height, it was like... Nah. After this episode, I was like, there's only one episode left. I was like, I they know. can't fix this. They can't fix this in one episode. So, hmm. so, you know, Simon declares that if there is a child, he'll mm-hmm. take care of the baby. He'll stay there for him. But if it's not, they'll live separately while married. Um, but since there isn't a child, yeah, we what have, does this mean yeah. for our Duke and Duchess? Stuck at the moment. Oh, stuck. So, favorite moments. Um, it's time to share them. Hard to pick because this episode sucked. It was just sad. Yeah, it was sad. This was definitely, I did not like, that's why when I rewatched the second time before we decided to do the pod, I watched one through six. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, I don't really want to deal the with good that ones. drama. Yeah, I was like, I don't really want to deal with that drama. <laughs> so my favorite scene of this episode is the very first scene. Yeah. When Daphne is manically playing her piano forte and Simon is shooting pigeons. Um, I found it so hilarious because they're both so mad. And Daphne is just like, you're going to hear me. You know, she mm-hmm. like opens her window. It was just so petty. I love pettiness. Yeah. 
It was but a good scene. When I really I'm like not that. involved in the penthouse. Yeah. I love. I'm. I'm a messy match. I love the drama. So I thought that was so funny. My favorite scene is ladies' night. Like I thought, I'm like, if I was a woman in society, like I would this want to. This is how I'd want to yeah, live. This is how I want to live. Um, Lady D knows how to throw a good party. Mm-hmm. There was gambling, drinks, fine dining, and they got to dress up. God, and I'm like, oh, it's nothing like dressing up and going out with the girls. Yes. So, um, that's everything I want the ladies' night. So. She also showed Daphne, like, you know what? We are not, it's not all about the kids and the... Um, I think that was good for Daphne yeah, to see. Yeah, because I think that's why Lady D really invited her, because mm-hmm. she needs to show her, like, look, we can have fun, too. Like, I know it's a ton of rules. I know we have to act a certain way in public, mm-hmm. but we can, you know, have a good time. Do we ever find out what happened to Lady Whistledown's husband? I'm not, sorry, not Lady Whistledown. Lady Danbury's husband? No. Uh-uh. She had a husband? Do you ever find know. out she had a husband? I don't know. It's not. Even, I need to know a little and more about Lady Danbury. Yeah. So maybe that'll develop. So if all goes well, we'll have eight seasons to to accompany the eight books. Right. So that God, gives. Dang, that's a that's a franchise. I know. Boy. I love it, man. We're gonna have T-shirts <laughs> and hopefully the Pablos up. Yeah. Make so, sure you're sharing us with your please, friends. Yeah. Because I'm so excited for season two, especially since the books never give insight to a lot of these characters. Right. The showrunners can do what they want. Right, yes. And they can write, you know. Very true. They can do what they want. So each episode, we're going to share our choice for Incomparable. This is the character who impressed us the most or overall stole the show. This episode's Incomparable is... episode um henry stands his ground when his lifestyle and honor are questioned good for him good for him knowing how even today people within the lgbtq community you Mm -hmm. know deal with daily questioning harassment and violence the scene in is a 19th century depiction of that yeah i think it makes it even harder Mm -hmm. knowing that this takes place in 1813 and knowing that like people still live like this every single day in 2021 it's tough wow yeah so in henry's case you know he's found a group of friends and family who love and celebrate him and unfortunately that's not the case for everyone right you know so i i mean i can't speak for people but i would think that this scene rang true for some people Mm -hmm. you know so we're just really proud of henry for sticking up for himself yeah and being true to himself and, hopefully and you know, I'm kind that. of happy for Lucy as well. Yeah, because she gets to do what she wants. And pro- they might have made an agreement yeah. at some They're point. They're probably really good friends. Yeah. You know? And I love that. And they them. get to go places together. And they yeah. can still live like a lavish lifestyle yeah, together. Yeah, I love that for them. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so each episode we're also going to talk a little bit about what life was like in 1813 London. So top off your drinks and get ready for a little chat about scandal sheets. Yay! So, Lady Whistledown is not the only spicy writer in the ton. In the 18th and 19th century, it was a it was fairly common to have a scandal sheet or a section of a newspaper discussing the activities of upper crust society. 
These sections covered gossip but did not exclude fashion, up-and-coming debutantes, societal events, and royals. In the 18th century, there was a woman named Mrs. Crackenthorpe. Yep. Who was known as the lady who knows everything. She published a scandal sheet called The Female Tattler from 1709 to 1710. This was known as a harsh gossip paper aimed to educate young women in society. Although short-lived, there were many magazines and newspapers that reserved sections just for this kind of news. Yeah, that was short-lived, but um, they decided to go um, to have gossip sections. In these gossip sections, the names of socialites were rarely shared, but readers could still tell who they were through small portraits and code names. It was common for readers to gather with friends and try to figure out who is who. During the Regency, the English readers were most interested in the royals. These columns reported everything about them, including what they ate in the day. When you think about it, it's not too far off from People Magazine and gossip bloggers today. Very true. Stars, they're just like us. okay so that's our show for today uh thanks for hanging in there with us fun as always to talk bridgerton and get boozed up with you guys shout out to our producer and my husband jeff thanks jeff thanks jeff love you um be sure to tune in next thirsty thursday for more bridgerton hot takes and delicious cocktails make sure you follow us on twitter instagram facebook and listen to us on apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. Remember to subscribe and rate us five stars as we are the true diamonds of the season. Bye.